0: Morning, good morning everyone. Welcome to another wealth coffee chat. Good to see a few of you up early and at it as always. A few of the early birds uh, on. Morning, James, Facebook user <laughs> behind the veil. Hey, David, good to see you, mate. Good to see a few in the house already while things are, you know, warming up. The live stream is getting going. Why don't we do some intros just to uh, do the do. Jason Witten's my name. Most of you know that, but if you're new, we always have a few newbies, a few new mentoring and coaching clients joining the program uh, and or you might just found us along the way. Hey, listen, welcome along. Fabulous to have you here. Welcome to the morning show where uh, we hang out and we try and make a little bit of sense of what's going on in the world of property investing. Everything's gotten faster these days, hasn't it? The media, information, data, shit, you can have a look at uh, bloody property prices on the daily these days, which I think is ludicrous. Um, it's not the share market, but a lot of people treat property uh, values like the share market, which is dumb and stupid. Let's just be honest. Um, let's just be real. It's a clunky, it's a clunky asset class. And uh, those who try to turn it into the share market or treat it like the share market are going to get burned. But let's talk about something today about the idea of income and the future of your income when it comes to the world of property investing. Um, because many of us, hey, morning, Danny. We've got uh, Gabrielle. Morning and we've got denny in the house as well so uh fabulous to have you guys here hey listen what uh what do you think let me uh, ask this question the uh what i think this is these are um the most expensive um what do you think the most expensive suburb is what's the most expensive suburb oh well uh the median rent Let's talk about this. I'm going to ask this question, so I don't give it away, but you guys can see it. <laughs> what do you tell me? Median, so it's not the like the most most, but kind of the average. What's the median? The the most expensive median rent in Australia. What city would it be in? You guys should be able to guess this pretty easily. I would expect. Um, so the most expensive city median rent wise, and median rent because it's not the most expensive rent, but the median rent. What suburb and how much? Is that too much to ask for a guess of a question? Um, Do that. Have a think about it. Uh, Morning, Jeff. Good to see you, mate. Hey, Ben. Haven't seen you for ages. Hope you're well, brother. And uh, Danny, all the way from Wagga Wagga. (laughs) Good to see you here. Danny, good morning. What's the most expensive median rent house and unit? I mean, this should be a no-brainer. This should be a no-brainer. Uh, for everyone, and the answer is Sydney, right? The answer is Sydney. And uh, what dollar amount? I'll probably drag this out, but I'll put you out of your misery. Let's check this out because uh, I want to talk about something today that's pretty important, I reckon, uh, when it comes to the long-term approach and attitude towards your property portfolio. And, uh, oh, yeah, um, Gabrielle reckons 8.50. Well, you might be surprised, Gabrielle. Let's have a look at this. Um, Let's chuck this up here and have a look. Um, good morning, Alex. Gabrielle reckons eight fifty. Uh, we've got Paddington. We've got Vucluse. Um, And yep, you're dead right, David. You might have already got downloaded this report, the uh, RP Data Rent Report, uh, quarterly rent report came out yesterday, folks. Morning, Shelley. Morning, Shelley. Good morning to you and uh, David and Alex are here too. Great to have you. Great to have you here. Look at that. Two thousand six hundred ninety-two, Valcluse, Sydney, It's Probably a fancy way to say it. Um, Valcluse, Sydney. So the most expensive housing market in in Australia uh, as a median rent, um, and um, that's pretty expensive. What's the average house price there? Pretty big, right? Um, and then also, good old Sydney wins the uh, wins the uh, the highest. Median rent as well. Now, um, if I'm not mistaken, if you have a look in here, the rest of them, uh, it's kind of like it, have a look. Why is Sydney so far, so far above the rest, folks? Why is Sydney so far above the rest? Uh, Which is pretty interesting. That's a good question to ask. And um, is, can we take some lessons from, let's say, Sydney, can we take some lessons from Sydney and have a look at the rest of the country and our portfolios and our future uh, and maybe make some of our uh, or adjust some of our investing decisions in and around these sorts of things, which I think I is a great idea. Um, you know, you think about, okay, well, where is the Vaucluse of Sydney? What's the next up and coming? You know, you look at Melbourne, Brighton, you know, a thousand, twelve, thirteen hundred $1,300 a week, Brisbane, you know, um, $1,300 a week, Perth, $1,300 a week, Canberra, close to close to that as well. Why are they all around about the same? And, you know, when you look at, and the same with the apartment market, right? So look at those, the next three cities, which are all, you know, which are all cities that are, you know, got decent population. Which one of those three cities other than Sydney, folks, which one of those three Sydney's cities are... In comparison, either held back underrepresented income-wise, right? Underrepresented income-wise, or has the has a bit of opportunity for popping. Anyway, I'm trying to say, listen, like Sydney's got four million people, so's Melbourne. Why is Melbourne half? Why is Melbourne half, folks? Um, well, maybe Melbourne's not got as much water or whatever to look at. Who knows? But it's a question that I'm fascinated by. And I think for all of us into the future, we need to understand a few things and maybe talk about a couple of things when it comes to expecting what our properties are going to do for our rents. Um, The weather sucks. (laughs) Uh, There you go. Well, you know, it might be that. You never know. It might be a weather thing. It might be a weather thing. Who knows? Sydney's a little bit better. But, you know, is Brisbane's weather, weather better? Uh, whether weather better, whether weather, weather blah, blah. maybe maybe it's a weather. And Jeff reckoned it's a weather thing. Well, there you go. Questions and answers. We we don't know exactly what those are, but interesting questions to ask, I think, when it comes to our rent, our future, our wealth, right, folks. So median rent, big opportunities in that space. Interesting to talk about. Let's have a quick look at something else that um going to lead to the last part of our conversation today which is um, about investing. Um, look at, let's have a look at the most expensive suburbs here um, and something that is pretty interesting, right? So this is Sydney, the top 18 or the top 20 or something if we want put, to put them in there, all right? Um, what do we notice about the rental yield, folks? Tell me, tell me what do you notice about the rental yield? against the value of the properties, right? What do you, what do you notice about the rental yield and the, the value of the properties, right? Um, the value uh, is massive in comparison to the, yeah, it could be incomes. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I sort of saw this a little while ago, Nathan, um, that and maybe it's volume rather than the highest income. So there's more people with higher incomes and not the highest um, incomes maybe. Okay. Yep, maybe that's the case. Um, it'd be interesting to see. However, uh, there you go. Boom. It's a low yield, right? It's a low yield. Cost of big money to hold these properties. Yeah, totally. Most likely, right? Um, so, but one thing that I notice, folks, is that... Uh, and this what this is what happens with properties as they grow in value. They grow in value. Their their value, uh, especially residential property, folks. Residential property because its value is not linked to its ability to generate an, a rental income. Okay, and um, the, it disconnects its value here disconnects from its rental income. So the value, especially if it's in a a flight to quality area, will blast off, right? Will blast off, like totally and continue to go often if you're in the, you know, if you're in the right location to stratospheric values, right? And the rents, when you first start out, kind of keep track and then they go like this. And this is where what, what we see, is lazy equity uh, come in. So the the value, you know, an $8 million house generating arguably, you know, a 100, what is it, maybe $150,000 a year in income, which is fantastic, uh, but the thing is there's lazy wealth, there's lazy equity. And uh, some of you might not believe it right now. Some of you might be sitting there going, Jason, I'd love to have, you know, some lazy equity floating around. But I'm going to tell you, folks, you're all going to have it. If you stick to the game that we're playing, at some point you'll all have lazy equity and you've got to put it to work. You've got to put it to work. And and you guys know we have this thing called the income engine. Oh, well, it's something that I explained called income engine. You know, residential, so let's say commercial or shortlet, uh, let's say some funds and let's say some joint venture developments and you know how we put that together. Listen, folks. Um, the big question today that I want—I want you guys to—to—I want to, to um, uh, I show you talk about is, if I said to you right now, listen, I'm going to wave a magic wand. You need to give me. You need to give me. You need to give me two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred k. Two hundred k. Yep. Um, you need to give me two hundred thousand dollars. And I will give you $9 million, $9 $9 million slash equity. Who's up for that? Tell me, Anyone would anyone like that? Would anyone like that? Who thinks the exchange of you give me $200,000, right? That's the cost and this is the return. Who thinks that that would be a good idea? Anyone like that idea when it comes to wealth and value? Right, yes, please, Gabrielle, Right, yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, count me in, count me in, folks. You know, let's do it, let's do it. Um, yeah, take my money, right? So, here's what I want to show you guys something. And when we put it like that, we're like, that's a no-brainer, Jason. That's that's a question that shouldn't even been asked, right? Um, as we go, right? And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about it, right? Let's talk about this. And I want to show you something. Um, I'm gonna bring up my little calculator. You guys have seen this calculator before. Um, this is the uh, the Passive Income Wealth Calculator, okay? So let's just do this. What I've done, I've pre-filled out some properties. Oh, I started it two, in two, 2018. It doesn't really matter kind of when um, uh, uh, when we are, but let's just say right now um, the year um, is not mattering, but the example is mattering today. And you can just imagine we're doing this conversation in 2018, Okay. So years to gold, year one, right? So I want $100,000 passive income. Uh, I'm starting out with my portfolio. And this is before tax deductions, folks, right? So some of these numbers might be a little less because you're going to get some tax deductions back. So follow along with the example here. So year one, I say to you, hey, all of you said yes, like take my money, I'm in. Here's how it's going to work. We're going to play a game over 10 years, folks, 10 years. We're going to play a game over 10 years. Year one, you need to give me $7,000, all right? Um, that's what you got to do, all right? Now, how does this work? Follow along because here's our property portfolio. We're talking our principal place of residence. We're talking five investment properties. You know, they're five years interest only to begin with, and then they principal and interest, they pay themselves off, et cetera, right? Most of you have seen this um, passive income calculated before. So let's have a look at what happens. Year one, you need to give me seven grand. This doesn't sound like fun, Jason, but okay, I'll follow along. Like, let's go year two. All right, year two, you need to give me $17,000. Um, oh, I, I, I'm not quite sure I wanted to sign up for this, Jason. All right, well, keep keep following along, folks, all right? Year three, you need to give me $25,000, all right? Year four, you need to give me $32,000, okay? We're building our portfolio here, folks. This is cash flow. Now, this is before tax negative cash flow, and I've put the expenses in there a bit high, but, you know, follow along. I'm being conservative rather than aggressive. Year five, you need to give me, you know, $23,000, right? Uh, year six, you need to give me $33,000. Now, six years in, folks, six years in, you've got your five investment properties, it's cost you negative $33,000, um uh, before tax. Um, now, when you structure yourself properly, ladies and gents, if you're listening in, that's we make it way less if not positive after tax. But I, I want you to understand this is property investing. Uh, and if you rack off to the countryside and buy some shitbox for positive cash flow, well, this is not going to be the outcome anyway. So, listen, thirty three grand, 6 years in, $33,000. How are you feeling? Right now, tell me in the chat what happens RP data released some information at year six the most in, most investors uh, sell their properties at year six uh, at a loss at a loss. there's maybe fifty to eighty percent of them shouldn't have bought the property that they bought in the first place. they didn't run it properly properly. They didn't do their PAYG variations, you know all this sort of stuff. so we're six years in. And in the year six, it's cost you $33,000. How are you feeling, right? And this is what I want you to understand. It's called the the concept of delayed gratification. you got to put some money in so it compounds and gives you an amazing return later. Now, the problem I see everywhere with property investors or investors in general, you know, you want to put money in now, a very small amount of money. And you want to rip the value out of your assets now. No, property investing, especially residential property, does not work that way. It doesn't work that way, folks, right? Now, if you want to go and renovate and sell and you want to go do developments and you want to do something else, sure, you can make cash and good cash flow doing that stuff. Uh, If you want to invest in commercial property or some other type of property that its income is the point, not its value, it can work. Uh, there's other problems with that when it comes to most mum and dad property investors. So we're $33,000 negative. How are we feeling? None of you have said anything. You must be all feeling like, holy shit, Jason, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> hey? No one said anything. Because you're like, well, oh, like I'm like, this is the reality. Now, can you make it better? Can you manage your cash flow better? Yes, yes, and yes, and yes. But, you know, let, let's not kid ourselves. You're seven. Another 23 grand in, folks. You know, year eight, you know, another um, 30 grand in, right? Um, year nine, 19 grand. Year 10, let's see. Oh, only 8 grand. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. Year 11, boom, positive cash flow. 10 years, $200,000 in, and we're in positive cash flow territory. But here's what you haven't considered. Here's what happens when we have a negative cash flow and you lose your mind. Now, I understand that there's budgetary constraints and other things in people's lives. I'm not naive to that. But the point is, folks, um, sometimes you've got to put some money in to your future wealth rather than, you know, I want to put $1 in now and take out $2 now. Like I, I mean, seriously, that doesn't work anywhere. A little bit about a relationship, you know what? I'm going to put half in, and I want to get double out in a relationship, you know? Yeah, how does that work, right? Nothing works that way, folks. Nothing, nothing, nowhere in the universe does it work like that. You got to let it compound and grow, right? Let's let's check out this. Look at the equity. Look at the equity over here. The value of your properties had risen to seven million. You know, you started out at three. Your mortgage is still three million, so you know it's still a bit chunky, and uh, your equity, uh, your equity is now four million dollars. So you're two hundred thousand dollars in, and uh, you know two hundred thousand minus their net equity after your expenses, four million. That's not bad, folks. That's not bad. We judge our success based on our cash flow, which is a dumb way to do it because residential property is not a cash flow investment folks you guys know this well you should so let's go let's keep going let's have a look at this look now year 12 exciting times much better you know it's it's even putting some money back in the kitty year 13 oh wow okay year 14 all right look at that you know um year 15 um, then we go year 16. And uh, and so on, right? Now let's jump to year twenty. Boom, folks! Started out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, you're right. It, it feels like it's like it's not working, but it is, right? But it is. And and so it's the, the first decade is the hard decade, folks, of building your pro- portfolio. What do we call it? What's the first part of our portfolio called? Right. What's the first part of our portfolio call team? You guys know, it. We've, got it. we've got a saying for it, right? You guys know this. Over this period of time, there's three phases. The first 10 years, acquisition. The second 10 years, this consolidation phase, usually your properties get on top of themselves and start to return and, and start to debt reduce. And then the third 10 years is the lifestyle phase and your values go up, your debts go down. And in here is where it all happens. Team, it, 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 that's where it all happens. It's it's wonderful. It feels like it. It's never going to get there, right? I I I I hear you. I feel you. We've all done it. Uh, I've had the pleasure of doing it, having to redo it three times. That's a story for another day. Um, I was uh, I was that thick that uh, I had to learn it multiple times to get it <laughs> to get it in my brain. Anyway, team. And, uh, you know, let's have inquisition. (laughs) Exactly, Jeff. But let's have a look at this. Let's have a look at, you know, the idea that, you know, um, not 320 years, right? (laughs) Uh, Let's look at 30 years. And that's pretty sweet, right? That's pretty sweet. You get a passive income in here and, uh, you know, you got some pretty good equity there. Now, I think that passive income probably a bit in that sort of, in that third decade, I don't think that that rental growth will grow as fast as it did in the first two decades. It'll probably chill out a bit, you know, it probably wouldn't be 400, it'd probably be, you know, 350 um, because the yield kicks back, right? The yield slows down. So if you did like, um, what's the math there, you know, at that end there, so it was $18 million, um, oh, gee, 18 million. Times by two point five percent. Oh yeah, it's four fifty. Well, there you go. It might be. There you go. Anyway, that's a long time in the future. Few things can, uh, you know, change between now and then, folks. But the point is, the point is, remember, remember this. Remember, we, we we're six years in. We're six years in. It's costing us money. And then people go, "Oh, this is rubbish. I'm giving up. I'm giving up. It's rubbish. Property investing doesn't work. I can't believe it cost me money." Everything costs you money. Folks, everything's hard. I uh I heard this one the other day, which is brilliant. Listen, life's not easy. No, no one's well, and, and, uh, unless you're, you know, living in the living in the clouds, you know, life should be easy. No, it shouldn't. Nothing's easy. Nothing at all. Uh my advice to you, if you want to build a property portfolio, uh, is um Choose your hard. Choose the commitment that you want to make. You're going to have to make one somewhere uh, and you have to put in some time and put the effort in and believe in it and make sure you stay on track and go through the hard times and learn a lot about yourself and whatever, you know. So um, that's the laws of the universe, folks. Choose the hard that you're going to take on and make sure it's worth it, right? There you go. Anyway, uh, Dean. If starting a bit later, how do you get to lifestyle quicker? Well, Dean, Dean, mate, um, often when you're starting a bit later, you do have, uh, you know, if if you haven't had a few bumps along the way, you do have <clears throat> often a little bit more cash or equity. If you owned your own home for a few years, you might have a bit more equity, um, you know, uh, you, you get a bit of a, a faster start. One of the things that we do do with our coaching and mentoring, if if you've got a coach already, reach out to them and ask them about the um, the income acceleration plan for um, uh, income. Yeah, and uh, Gabrielle, one hundred percent. If you follow a really solid plan, you can do something amazing in a fifteen year period. You, you totally can, folks. I'm I'm not kidding you. Your properties will. Most likely double if you buy good ones, and your rents will most likely double if you buy good ones okay those numbers that I put in that calculator spreadsheet were very conservative, like very small and incremental um growth and quite high expenses you know so um so yeah, the quality of the properties that you buy the locations that you buy them in uh and um you know the more you can uh the the more you can put into like at all, as well as add extra income, Dean, because often a bit later in life you've got, you know, better income as well, um, the quicker you can make it work. Same for you, Gabrielle. Like, you know, um, if you haven't already, make sure you connect with your coach and your strategist and have that plan. Um, I've seen some great results in a, in a you know, a 7 to 10-year period from acquisition and cash flow. And then after that, it's just the process of, um it's the process of a little bit of compounding returns in time, really, at the end of the day. Uh, I, I always call, I've got this this idea that um, um, everyone wants to replace their income, right? But what you do is you you work five days a week, so you buy five properties. Your first property, you call it Monday. The second property, you call it Tuesday and so on. Um, Alison uh, came up with that one ages ago, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, one property for each day of the week and then you're done. Anyway, I think I've gone over a little bit today, but uh, hopefully that was useful, folks. Um, the idea that that first decade—you know—you you have to put a bit more in than you're going to get out, okay? But later on, the compounding effect—the um, 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 compounding effect—is pretty cool. Um, oh, sweet, Allison! Uh, basically, uh, best year yet. Best year yet. It is. Um, we want to say, hey, what can we do? What can we do to have our best year yet, folks? That that was the idea, Allison, Take us, uh, do some selfies and put it on the Facebook group. Love to see um, love to see you in the merch. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, folks, listen, your coaches are there. Reach out to them. They are amazing people. They've got so much depth of experience. Talk to them about where you're at and what you're feeling. Um, you know, do some, crunch some numbers, get a plan. Um. Yeah, absolutely, Belinda. Yep, stay the course. Stay the course. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, folks. Fabulous to hang out and chat today. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted. Remember the, uh, the sayings that we have around here, this thing's a marathon, not a sprint. Takes time to build this property portfolio. Buy well, don't sell. That's the idea. Anyway, see you, folks. Thanks, Shelley that's it you get what you put and and often with a bit of time you get more out than you put in Shelly it just feels like at the front you have to put more in than you're getting out that's kind of the the gist of it to be honest isn't it probably a lesson we can talk about life uh, forever and a day anyway folks that's it i'm done thanks for joining me join me tomorrow for another one if you're up for it um till then folks you guys be awesome be well take care bye for now